Hello, this is Reverend Erehe I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. Let's bow and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that this morning you will speak to us to conclude what you began with us six days ago. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask that in this season, May you cause us to come into what you have purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis chapter 48 from verse 1. Now it came to pass that after these things that Joseph was told that indeed your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself. And sat on the bed. If the Bible is yours, you cannot line that. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. I will make you a multitude of people and give this land to you this land to you and you, to your descendants after you as, as their everlasting possession. Verse 5. Now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, <laughs> very interesting, praise the name of the Lord. Now you see something else there. We'll come to that. Who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you are mine. As Reuben and Simon, Simon, they shall be mine. They are mine. Verse 6. Your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours. They will be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from, pa- from Padam, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was, there was just a little distance to go to Ephrath. I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, who are these? And Joseph said to the father, they are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, please bring them to me and I'll bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him and kissed them and embraced then Israel said to Jacob, Joseph, I had not thought out to see your face, but in fact, God has also showed me your offspring. So Joseph brought them out from the, beside his knees and bowed down his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim, with his right hand towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand and brought them near. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger. And he left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who fed me all my life to this day, 
the angel who redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be upon them. The name of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac. And let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now, when Joseph saw that the father had laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Then Joseph said to his father, not so my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people and shall also become great. But truly, the younger brother shall be greater than he. And, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day saying, By you, Israel will bless. May God make you Ephraim as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Joseph, then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but my God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Praise the name of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See, I've set you this day over nations, over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want you to track with me very well this morning. I'm believing God that before I finish this service, somebody will be shifted into what God has purposed for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Someone say the power of prophetic decree. A decree is an official order that has the force of law. A decree is an official order that has the force of law. So when the president with his all authority says that from 5 a.m., 5 p.m. this morning, evening to tomorrow 5 a.m., nobody should move out, nobody will move out. It's a decree. There's a force and police will enforce it. it normally it came from the old... French words of desire or decret and from Latin decretum meaning something decided something authoritatively signed so when I talk about prophetic decree I'm talking about a releasing of God's word of authority through his prophet to an individual a church or a group of believers in Christ. That is how come the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 that then he put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, oh, I'll put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations, over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down and to build and plant. So that word to he put his word, that word in the Hebrew means daba. Daba simply means D-A-B-A. Daba. Daba, 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 pronounced Daba. Amen? Which means a word, which means a matter, which means a decree. So I've put my word, that word that is Daba, when you go to the original Hebrew. It also means 
to thrust forward from behind. It means to thrust forward from behind. So you may be at the back, but when a dabao word hits you, it shifts you to your next level and shifts you to where God wants you to be. So the word dabao is not only something that is spoken, but it also carries in it an inherent power to move you to where God wants you to be based on the word that God is giving. So it is not only a word that is spoken, but inherent in that word, there's power to transmit, to send you into what God has ordained for you. Let's begin our journey now. I'll be talking about the, the just the subtopic here, the saga of Jacob's family. I like Jacob. Amen? Now, we all know about the blessing that God had given Jacob by receiving from his father. And the Bible says that when he received the blessing, he went, the, the brother Esau said, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. So, the mother advised him. And do you know let me just leave it. I don't want to go into that side. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. <laughs> so, he runs away from his father and mother, then goes to Laban. So, he goes to Laban and begins to serve Laban. And when he went to Laban's place, he, he found this woman called Rachel. And Laban was his uncle. Laban was a very shrewd person. That's why when he arrived in Haran, the Bible says that he found these two girls taking care of their father's flock. And normally it's not supposed to be so. So Laban, it was a very shrewd person. And as a matter of fact, Laban from anthropology is from the tribe where the Lebanese come from. Don't look at my face like that. Yeah, very shrewd in business. They train their children, everybody. Have you seen a Lebanese family work for somebody before? work for themselves. So here comes this young man sees this beautiful woman that I want to marry you. Then the father says, okay, work for me for seven years. Be a shepherd and I'll give her to you. So what happens? She works for seven years. The night, uh, the, uh, night of the wedding, he wakes up only to find out that Leah was given to her, him. And, and, and Laban said that this is not how we operate in this place. The first must always marry. Firstborn must always marry before the secondborn marry. I bind that spirit in your family. I decree in the name of Jesus that when you are the secondborn girl or secondborn guy who wants to marry, nobody should have the firstborn has not married, so you will not marry. Where's that Lord? So here comes then. He says, okay, that's the deal. I'll work for another seven years. And seven years was like five days to Jacob because... Rachel was the one he loved. So he said, I've been children with, with, with Leah and God's own sovereignty. All those things are hidden in God's own wisdom and mind. So what happened was that now he begins to give birth and all of a sudden, Rachel was married, but Rachel's womb was closed. I don't know. The woman she loved, he loved, was, the womb was not open to the extent that Rachel came to hold him and said, I give me a child or I die. So, for some reason, then Joseph was born. 
Joseph was born and the Bible says that when Joseph was born, he began to dream and begin to explain his dreams. And told his, his brothers, we went to, to, to the, 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 the field to work and your sheets bowed to me. Then the next day, or another time, he had another dream again. And it says that I saw the star and the moon and the stars bowed to me. And to the extent the Bible said that. And the father pondered these things in his heart. Now remember that Joseph, Jacob himself was a dreamer. So when he saw that the son was also dreaming some things that speaks about the future of their destiny, of his destiny, he realized that there's something on this. That is why you must be a dreamer. Pastor, not be a dreamer. Frank, be a dreamer. Pastor, not be a dreamer. Adam, be a dreamer. You must be a dreamer. You must dream. Until you dream, you cannot see it. Be a dreamer. I'm not talking about sleeping and eating cocontea and, uh, and, uh, and granola soup and, and red and say, I, I saw things chasing me. Be a dreamer. You don't need to sleep to dream. One of the interesting things I like doing with kids is that when I meet them, what do you want to be in future? Normally, before you get to your 10th, 11th year as a child, you are convinced there's something that you say that you want to be. Sometimes they switch it. When they are, now we are going to play World, World Cup, all of them say they will become footballers. <laughs> but there's something about this child. So, he began to notice something. Now, remember that, I've said it several times, I'll just preach it the way I want to preach it now. Now, remember that if Laban had given Rachel to Jacob, Joseph would have been the firstborn. So, Laban delayed it, but the thing was on Joseph. I don't know the Laban in your life. I don't know what anybody who says that he wants to delay something in your life. You don't qualify for it. But I'm here to say that no matter what Laban does, you shall still have. The Bible says here that, that he noticed that there was something upon Joseph which was not the normal. So the Bible says that he now made him a coat of many colors. But before then, Joseph was sharing his dream. Share your dream. Don't be afraid. As soon as you have incubated it and given birth to it, share your dream. Share your dream. Don't be afraid. I want to do this. It's not in the way to prove a point or to, to brag or to make a statement, just say, I want to be this. I want to be that lawyer. I want to, to own that company. Speak it. Don't be afraid to speak your dream. Because anytime you speak your dream, forces begin to work in your favor and also against your favor. But the dream was not your dream. So God will always prevail against any negative spirit. I speak over somebody today that no matter whatever forces you face in your destiny, in your life, in, in your pursuit for God, no matter whatever you face, may your dream never die. May God sustain your dream and may God shift you into what he has ordained. So based on that Peculiarity on Joseph's life, 
The father now made him a coat of many colors. The coat of many colors was not something that was just an ordinary coat. Because anytime you talk about garment in the scriptures, it talks about repetition. It talks about destiny. It talks about what you are carrying. So when a military officer ent enters this place, if he's dressed like I dress, nobody can know. But when he wears his full military regalia, everybody will know. And if you understand their medal system, you can even know the rank in which the person is. So you, the garment that J Jacob did for Joseph was what he was carrying. What Joseph was carrying. And everybody has a coat. The coat of many colors. And it was believed to be and told about a multifaceted grace that was upon Joseph. That's why sometimes you, when you are carrying something on your life, you can go to first, first selection at Kantamantu. But you are more than somebody who just walked out of Gucci. I am not against Gucci or anything, but what it means is that what you are, what well, it's not what you are wearing, but the person wearing it. It's the atmosphere around you. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Bible says that that coat, because he loved him, because this was the, 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 the love of his life. Then one day, God began to shift some things. When you are carrying favor, God will begin to push some things sometimes against you too. Because fulfillment must come to that which you are carrying. So the Bible says here that his father sends him. I don't know how old he was, but probably 16 years old. And he went to look for his brothers. And the brothers said that, they, and some men were there to tell him the brothers have moved to Dota. So he moved. And the Bible says, when they saw him afar off, they said, here comes the dreamer. Let us strip him of his garment and kill him and see what will become of his dreams. Anytime a dreamer is coming, insecure people are afraid. So here comes the dreamer. So the Bible says here that, and they now, he brought them food. Then they took him and took away the garment. And when they took away the garment, they put him in a pit. But God had his own arrangement. So the, the Ismailites were coming towards um, uh, that direction because God has his own. God is a master property. God. That's what the Bible says. All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So sometimes in your life, you are going through something, but it's all working together for your good. You are going through rejection, but it's all working together for your good. You are going through struggles, it's all working together for your good. I speak over somebody here that from now to the end of the year, everything will be working together. There may be four prices rising, food will be, will be very expensive, but I see God give us a kingdom factor. I see God give us provision because he's gyra. All things are working together. Then they took away the garment. But the, then the mistake they did, which was also God ordained, was that they now took a goat's blood and sprinkled in the garment. 
told them, said that when they go, they'll tell their father that they found the garment somewhere else and a wild animal had killed Joseph. Now remember that when they put the blood in the garment, they took away the garment and put the blood in it. They didn't know that they were preserving his destiny. Because blood in the Old Testament by the laws of Leviticus, if you are going for atonement of sin, a goat must be killed. That will be sent into the world. So when they put the blood in the garment, they were saying that we think we are doing you bad. But behind it, God says that you must put that blood that as the same way the father held the garment. So you will he meet Joseph one day. So anytime there was something, the blood was speaking. May the blood speak on your behalf. May the blood speak on your behalf. May the blood speak atonement for you. When there's destruction, come again, come here. May the blood speak for you. And the Bible says they sent him to Potiphar's house. I believe that that morning, Potiphar just said, let me pass through the slave market and see what is going on there. When he passed by Joseph, he came back and said, hmm, that's not something new. There's something about this guy. He went, he's wearing slave clothes, but I can still the street open, but I can still smell something. So they picked Joseph and sent him to his to Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, anytime you are carrying an anointing, you are going to attract demonic hordes. Anytime you are carrying anointing, you are you you and your test of integrity, morality will be tested. Now, we all know the story. The, the woman came, took away his garment. And I've heard it several times say that any time you outgrow a garment, it will be taken away from you. He outgrew the garment in Canaan. So now he goes into Potiphar's house and he has also outgrown that garment because in Potiphar's house, all the things were going on there. He was the chief of staff. People got to know him. He was, uh, he was also... Um, uh, Listening to all the things. I'm not saying I'm going eavesdrop. Please don't go and eavesdrop. But he was managing the chief of staff. So I'm sure the files, everything. You see how things are run. I'm not saying go to your boss's office and go and flip into his files. That is, that is, that is, that is immorality. That is, that is integrity that has been crushed. That is, you cannot be loyal. That is disloyalty. I don't want to talk about that. If a senior person gives you his phone on lock. Will you look into the phone? Go and do this on the phone for me. Will you look into it? I've been there before. Go and do this for me. I put it up. Gave it to the person. This is what I brought it back. I'm not talking about any ordinary person. I'm just talking. Who does he talk to? What? What? There are some things you don't need. You don't need. You don't, don't give yourself trouble. Stay away. Stay away. But the Bible says here that he was taken to prison. Then he went into prison, and the day of his lifting came. And the Bible says here that. He became the second person in Egypt. Then he now calls for his father to come. So the father 
and his siblings all came with their wife and children, about 70 of them, and they began to sojourn in Egypt. I want you to track with me very well. And the Bible says here that, can you put the, the, the text on the screen for me now? And the Bible says here that, verse 1, and the Bible says here that, and it came to pass that his father was sick, so he took with him his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, Manasseh means that God has made me forgotten the pain of my father's house. Ephraim means that God has made me fruitful in a stranger's land. So there are two things. So Manasseh was a product of the pain, the betrayal, all the stuff that he went through. So when he gave that to Manasseh, he said, ah, I have forgotten the pain of my father's house. Then Ephraim came, he said, I have been fruitful in the land, in a stranger's land. The Bible says that, let's go to the next verse quickly, quickly. And Jacob was told that your son Joseph is coming to you. And the Bible said, and Israel. Now, the Bible said that they told him that Jacob was, they told him that Joseph was coming to you, to Jacob. But the Bible said Israel. A switch from the flesh to the destiny or the career of the blessing, Israel. Remember that Jacob had wrestled with an angel till his name was changed. So the real prophetic destiny of Jacob was Israel. And the Bible said that, and Israel strengthened himself and sat on the bed. It also means that as at that time, Joseph was bringing the children. Israel was about to, uh, Jacob was about to die and was lying flat. But the Bible says that when he heard, he rose up and sat on the chair. And that, that phrase that it means that to cogitate the anointing, to bring a stirring, to bring something, something must rise because there's one prophecy I'm about to give again. There's one word I must speak. There's something I've been carrying for Joseph for several generations, for several years, but it's now time for me to give it up. Let's try. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty, who appeared to me, I lose. And Lamb Kenna blessed me and blessed me. Let's go to the next verse. And said, Behold, I'll make you fruitful and I'll make you a multitude of people and give the land, this land to your descendants after you as everlasting position. So, covenant is speaking here. Let's go. Let's continue reading. Now, your two sons, now, if you see, all of a sudden, he has switched them. He said, Ephraim, follow me. He meant something. It was Manasseh was the firstborn, but all of a sudden he said, Ephraim. And Manasseh were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you are mine as Reuben and Simon. So now he just began to talk about how these two children, which is Ephraim and Manasseh, are going to be his sons. Now watch, watch what, what he's about to do. So the Bible says here that then he spoke and spoke. Let's, let's continue reading. He said that after whatever you have shall be yours. And describe how the, 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 their mother died. Let's continue reading quickly. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons who were, and we said, who are these? And Joseph said to the father, these are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, please bring them to me and I'll bless them. Now, from what I'm, if you track the, from what I, in my picture, it means also that Joseph went to see the father first. 
before he came back to bring the children. It's not everywhere that you take children. <laughs> Say, bring them. Now, the Bible said, now Israel's eyes were dim. Not Jacob's eyes were dim. Israel's eyes were dim. With age, he could not see. Then Joseph brought them and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought I would see your face, but in fact, God has showed me your offspring. What a blessing. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees and he bowed his face to the earth. You see how the honor is given his father? Don't disrespect your fathers. Take care. No, no matter, your father may not have taken care of you, but today you have more than what he didn't take care of you. Support him. Support your parents. Don't, don't, don't. This is a whole prime minister bowing. Don't get to a point where because you are carrying some kind of position, you enter your, your family house, you have become like everybody must bow to you. No. The Bible says he bowed to his father. Honor. Let me put a text there for me. Then, and Joseph brought them both, Ephraim with his right hand, towards Israel's left hand. And Manasseh with his right hand, towards Israel's right hand, uh, left hand, towards, towards Israel's right hand. And he brought them near. Then, Israel stretched out his hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and the right hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly. There was a switch. I want you to track with me. So what happened was that, that though his eyes couldn't see, in the spirit, he knew what he was doing. He switched it. Now, remember that there's a pattern that you can find in the Abrahamic lineage. And that pattern is that normally the firstborns never inherit the real blessing. Ishmael, Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Esau and Jacob. So you see here. Simon and Reuben are the firstborns. First, first and second. But here, you see here that he has decided that Joseph was the one who should have been the firstborn. So now, he begins to bless them, and the Bible says that, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, who my father, so what happened? Though he was blessing the sons, he was blessing Joseph. The God who has fed me all these ways. And let's continue reading. Then you redeem me from evil, pronounce all those, provoke those covenant blessings over them. Let's go. Now, when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, he was displeased. And he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Then he said to his father, Not so, my father. For this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. May any Joseph that says that your promotion is not your own. Trying to remove your hand of blessing. May that hand never be removed. 
Joseph wanted to remove. But there was a switch because what, what the kind of things that Jacob was doing, what he knew what he was doing. So sometimes in life, when you get to a time of promotion, when your boss recommends you at the boardroom, somebody says you don't qualify, but you are the one who qualifies. They may want to take your hand, divoleke fresh te fret to precavasata, bracovenete se precastata, shandige le procosta brand to pratisa valita paiusa, legene pracusataya. Anyone that wants to take you out of your place that God has ordained for you, trying to remove the hand of blessing over your head, never be removed. Then he also prophesied about how Manasseh will be great. Then let's see what happened. So he blessed them and said, by you, Israel will bless. So now, he's now showing a principle, a prophetic principle. By prophetic decree. That this is how the blessing shall be upon Israel. The Bible says here that may God make you Ephraim and as Manasseh and thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. I want you to track with me. Manasseh means that I can remember the pain of my father's heart. Thank you for where all the pain I went through, all the challenges I went So in, in Joseph's mind, Manasseh has always been a, a major thing. I can remember the pain. And in life, you can go through pain that can stay with you for a long time. It's not somebody hurting you. It might be a pain of poverty. It might be a pain of a curse. It might be a pain of sickness. It might be a pain of something that has run through the family. It must be a pain. So, so sometimes we can concentrate on that and not do. So now the Bible says here that, and he said that he set Ephraim. That means that you shall be fruitful in the land and forget your pain. People want to clap, clap. So he says that. You are always complaining about the curse, but somebody at the sound of my voice, a blessing is coming on your life. A favor is coming on your life. A grace is coming on your life. Some door is about to open for you. You shall forget the pain of your past because God is about to make you extremely fruitful. I say somebody here receives Peter. I decree over somebody at the sound of my voice that may God take you from the back and bring you to the front. I see a 40-year generation rising in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So by one prophetic encounter, number one, he pushed <laughs> Ephraim and Manasseh 40 years ahead of their time. He said that they shall be like Simeon and Reuben to me. So though they were toddlers or maybe children, their grandfather by one prophetic decree shifted them 40 years into their next level. 
I speak over somebody. What never happened in your family? What never happened in your destiny? What never happened in your life? God is about to give you speed. What took your fathers 40 years to build? What took your mothers 40 years to do? God is about to give you grace. You are about to step into that place. All of a sudden, there will be grace for you to do it. May God shift you from the back to the front. And the Bible says he switches hands. I see God switch his hands. I see God switch somebody from the back to the front, from poverty to riches. I see God switch somebody. I see God switch somebody. Somebody at the sound of my voice. I don't know how far you have delayed in life. I don't know what has delayed in your life, but I prophesy that by the end of this season, by the end of this year, there is a switcher. There is a switcher. Somebody shall switch. There's a switch all of a sudden. He said, he, he, he said it, he said it. He said, Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine. I decree over somebody. They may have forgotten about you. They may have taken the coat of many colors from you. They may have ostracized you. You might be in prison thinking that it shall never come out. But I prophesy over somebody by the prophetic decree. I decree and declare that God is shifting you from the back to the front. I prophesy to God for somebody here. Whatever limited you for generations, I see somebody, you are rewriting history in your family. You are rewriting things in your family. Somebody shall switch. And the Bible says, so shall Israel bless. Have you noticed that Sometimes in your life, you can remember the struggles of your life. I don't know about you, but I've got struggles. I've gone through serious struggles. But it's good. But God will bring you to a place that when you wake up in the morning, you will not think about the struggle anymore. Because fruitfulness has swallowed. So you might have it as history. As a way of acknowledging how God has brought you and how far God has brought you. But that is not your position. I speak to somebody. Fruitfulness is coming to you. Fruitfulness is coming to you. Fruitfulness is coming to you. It does not matter the pain you have gone through. It does not matter the challenge you have gone through. May by one prophetic decree, I decree over your life. May God switch. And he moved these people. 40 years ahead of their time. Some of you, you are going to do something in your family that nobody has done for several years. As nobody has done for several years. You are about to build houses and give it for good rates to people who are poor. Somebody, are you hearing me? Because you struggle with your own accommodation. So when God prospers you, you will not be a very hard landlord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I decree over somebody, receive that blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 17. When Moses was blessing Israel. 17. 
33:17 His glory shall be like a festival His horns like the horns of a wild ox Together with them he shall push the nations to the ends of the earth They are the 10,000s of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. So even when he shifted them 40 years ahead of their time and changed, he gave double, double, double to Ephraim. Says that as long as you are fruitful, I, I want you to know that you're going through pain. You went through challenges. But your glory shall be like a first bull. It means that the challenges you are going through, God is preparing you as a bull. A bull cannot be confined. The Bible says, my horn have you anointed like a wild ox. I decree over somebody anything that held you back, anything that held you like your life back. I decree that you cannot be contained. May God make you ten thousands. May God make you ten thousands. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak over somebody here that today receive the grace, receive the favor. Let the double be received. Let the double release. In the name of Jesus. So when you go to the land of Israel, you will never find the land of Joseph. But you will find the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, double portion. By one prophetic decree. And I stand here as a prophet of God. Psalms, Isaiah 61 verse 7. Instead of your shame. One of the things God is doing in this conference, or who finish up with this, is that number one, he's moving people ahead of their age. That's why we must be smart and intelligent. You can't be lousy. Can God trust you with stuff? Can God trust you with opportunity? Are you going to still have a little mind? Petty, petty mind? But he says something, that instead of your shame, I shall give you double honor. Instead of your confusion, you shall rejoice in your, they shall rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. I speak over your life by the prophetic decree that by the double prophetic anointing, may you be trusted from the back to the front. And not only from the back to the front, no matter the delays in your life, just as how, just as how Jacob switched his hands, I decree and declare, let there be a switch in your favor. Let there be a shift in your favor. Let there be a switch in your favor. Let there be a shift in your favor. May God take you from the back. You are coming to the front. You were left yesterday. You were forgotten. They thought it was over with you. But the Bible says when the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, he overtook the chariots of Ahab. I decree over somebody here. Let the hand of God come over you. Let the grace of God come over you. Let there be a faster running. Let there be a faster running. Let there be a faster running. May you run. May you go up. In the name of Jesus, may you receive your blessing by the pool of Bethesda. In the name of Jesus.
Therefore, when you go to Joshua chapter 6, when you get to the house, go and read it. Verse 1 to 4. You find the land they gave them. And those lands were lands that he, Jacob himself, had even fought for. May you have the best. Today I stand in the name of Jesus. You are not in competition with anybody. But by the prophetic decree. And by the grace of God on this house. By the prophetic decree. Today. Anything that has delayed your destiny. Anything that has delayed your next level. Anything that has delayed your promotion. Anything that has delayed your marriage, your house project, your building, your children. I decree in the name of Jesus that God is bringing a switch. God is sending you ahead of your peers. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and begin to thank God for the door.